Good morning, everybody. Good morning to those who are here in person. And good morning to those who are still in their pajamas at home. And you might even be watching this later this afternoon. Welcome. Write something in the comments so we know that you are with us. Um, wanted to let you know some great announcements we have. Our Easter egg hunt is coming up. Can you believe it's that time already? Catherine Barnes is going to be leading that up. It is going to be April 16th from 11 to 12. It's had a location change. It's going to be here at the church, which is super exciting, inside and outside and everywhere. It's going to be great. Um, we have 40 days of prayer uh, that you can join those groups. It's going to be great. They do that at uh, Men at the Well on Thursdays at 7 a.m. on Zoom. Um, we also have uh, Pastor Sam's uh, 40 days of prayer group. They meet at 11 a.m on uh, Wednesday and 6 p.m. on Wednesday. And also Harriet Murray has a class, which she will tell you her class is better than Pastor Sam's class. So I don't know. Go to one of them. It's great. It's great. Um, the mission focus for the month is the Love Center. We want to let everybody know that our missions team uh, gives to the Love Center every month. And also when we have things like Ladle of Love, we take all our extra food over there. So they're always doing stuff for the Love Center. So be praying for them. We have a rose on the altar. Uh, we have a new baby born into the life of the church and the ELC. Allie Lipscomb, parents are Jordan and Blake and big brother Anderson. Um, next Sunday, this is a big one. Next Sunday is Confirmation Sunday in the traditional service. So uh, if you can be there for that, that would be great. Um, and then this is my last announcement. This is, a, this is a big announcement too, Pastor Sam. So next Thursday is St. Patrick's Day. So our mosaic service that usually meets at the back 40 is moving here to the gym at 6 p.m. And we're just going to have dinner and have fun. We have barbecue sandwiches coming and we ask people to bring a green side to share. But guess who's invited? Everybody in the whole church, 6 o'clock Thursday in the gym. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we pray that uh, this time change morning, this cold morning, that you will calm our hearts and our minds. Help us focus on you. We are uh, thankful to be here and thankful to worship. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and worship with us this morning? You call me from the grave by name. You call me out of all my shame. I see the old has passed away, the new has come, now I have resurrection power, living on the inside, Jesus, you have given us freedom, no longer bound by sin and darkness, living in the light of your good. Given us free. 
Isn't that awesome? Y'all can be seated. I, I just I want to thank the praise team for, for getting our, our spirits kind of cranked up with resurrection power and what a beautiful name, two powerful songs. I'm glad that you're with us today. Uh, Miss Catherine, will you take our kids to Children's Church and do something fun with them? I know that y'all will. Um, well, what do y'all think of Pastor Andy's green hat? I think you should wear that a lot, don't you? Kind of looks good in a green bowler. Yeah. Well, I hope that you will join us Thursday night for our St. Patrick's Day party. It's just a way to, to have fun and to give everybody a chance to, to meet and talk with each other. Um, speaking of having fun and giving uh, a chance to talk to each other, we're going to have coffee. I wasn't kidding about having the coffee in, in the lobby. We have uh, Hebrews in between services in the Chestnut Lobby and, and come, come join us. So if you're just waking up and you think, oh, maybe I'll come to Sunday school, come. You can grab a cup of coffee on the way in. Thank you for all your support of our church. Um, I know you love your church and I know you love your community and the ministries that we're doing uh, for the people in this community and around the world. So thank you for your support. Continue to do that, please. Give online, give in uh, the, the plates, give every way that you can. Give your service when someone calls and asks you to volunteer. Um, be a part of something bigger than yourself. Let's pray. God, you are good and your name is beautiful and powerful and wonderful. And God, we thank you for the resurrection power. Uh, to be honest, Lord, on Sundays like this, uh, when we feel like we're missing a little sleep, we feel like we need just a little dose of resurrection power to get up and get going. But you give us, Lord, what we need, and you are always our provider. So God, thankfully and humbly as we recognize that you're our provider, we want to be a part of that giving and provide. So bless the tithes and offerings, Lord. Bless the gifts and the hours of service. Bless the ministries of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. time of desperation when all we know is doubt and fear there is only one foundation we believe in this broken generation when all is dark you help us see there is only one salvation we believe we believe we believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again. We believe. 
faith be more than anthems and greater than the songs we sing and in our weakness and temptations we believe pray with me this morning. Oh Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, open our eyes and our ears and our hearts that as your word is opened and it goes forth, it may find its home in our hearts and accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 17 will be our scripture today. We're continuing with our 40 days of prayer theme, and I hope you're praying along with us, and not just, not just following along, but praying along with us, and, um, because we want to move through this Lenten season together in a season of prayer. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 17. Then Jesus told a parable about their need to pray always and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by her continual coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. 
And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exhausted. People were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they sternly ordered them not to do it. But Jesus called for them and said, Let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God has been teaching me a lot about prayer uh, lately in, in all kinds of different ways as we are doing the 40 days of prayer. Um, and through all kinds of different people. And some of them are not even people. Like I've learned something about prayer from my dog recently, uh, our dog recently, Sosa. Uh, and Sosa, if you're watching at home, uh, hello to you, because she does watch the services sometimes when, uh, when they're on. Um, but Sosa, I don't know if it, any of y'all have a, a dog that, that loves to chase a tennis ball and fetch, fetch it back up. Yeah. Uh, Susan, I know you do. Um, so if you have a dog that loves to go and get a tennis ball, um, you know that it is endless hours of fun. Yeah, I mean endless hours. They will do it as long as, as your arm will hold out. And so one, one night, Sosa was very excited about going and, and getting the tennis ball. It was a night we, so I was bouncing it up the hallway, and she was going and getting it and bringing it back, bouncing it up the hallway. Well, the tennis ball went under the couch. And I thought, you know, good, because I'm tired. So I, I sat down on the couch, started watching TV. Sosa got down and stuck her little snoot under the couch and tried to get the tennis ball, but she couldn't get it. And she stuck her paw under there and tried to scrape it. She couldn't get it. All this time, I'm watching TV thinking, give up, give up, give up. No, let's... let's Let's watch NCIS, it's, it's okay. Um, but then she started whimpering. <laughs> so still, I was like, I'm watching TV. And uh, then it was a little wolf. <sighs> you know, like that, you know. Still, I'm watching TV. And then it was a louder wolf. 
and, and pretty soon it was an agitated, all over kind of shake, wolf, bark type thing. And I knew that I might as well get up off of the couch, lay down on the floor, reach my arm under there, and get the tennis ball because she wasn't through playing. And if I did not do that, I was not going to have any peace. Do y'all know what I'm talking Does that sound familiar to anybody? Um, look, she taught me something about prayer that sometimes you just have to keep on keeping on and be persistent. So today we're talking about being uh, persistent and, and how to pray for a breakthrough. Because I'll be honest with you, sometimes you just, it's, it's not just the everyday ordinary praying. Sometimes you just need a breakthrough in, in, a, in a relationship, uh, in a job, in a marriage, in, in your finances, in a health, or in some habit you're trying to break, or some problem that you're having. You just need a breakthrough. So what is it that, that Luke 18 can teach us about praying for a breakthrough? The first lesson is this. Praying for a breakthrough takes the persistence of this widow in the first eight verses. Um, this story tells us about a, a judge and a widow. Those are the two main characters in the first parable. A judge and a widow. The judge was not a good judge. He was not even a good person. He was, a, I don't know, kind of a rotten person. And sometimes when I, I read a story about the widow coming before the judge, I, I think about a courtroom, right? Uh, well, that wasn't how it was in Jesus' day. It, 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 the judge would go around from place to place, set up a, like a tent, you know, and have kind of some um, bailiffs, I guess you could say, at the, at the front of the tent. And people would come to the tent to bring their cases before the judge. And how did you get in to get a hearing before the judge? You bribed the bailiffs, you know. And the judge could do whatever the judge wanted to do. But what if you didn't have any money? And on top of that, what if you were uh, a woman who really had no power, no voice? And what if you were a widow and you didn't have a husband to go on your behalf and fight for you? That was the case of this widow. Um, so the poor widow. Um, side question about the widow. Sometimes I wonder when I read this story where the people of God were. Because all throughout the Bible, all the way back to Exodus 22, the people of God are commanded to take care of the widow and the orphan. And I keep thinking, where were her friends? Where was the community of faith standing up for this woman who needed justice in her life? But the widow... What she lacked in money and what she lacked in, in influence, uh, she made up for in just persistence. She just kept coming, just like Domino or my cat does when she's meowing and trying to get me to let her sit in my lap. Or like Sosa, my dog, when, when she's wanting to play fetch the tennis ball, just like relentless, right? The widow came before the judge, said, grant me justice. No, 
Grant me justice. No. Grant me justice. No. Go away from me, you silly woman. Grant me justice. And she kept on and on until the judge said, look, I'm not granting. I'm going to give you justice, but it's not because I'm a good judge. It's not even because I fear God. It's not because I'm a decent person. It's because you're just wearing me out. You're wearing me out. And so Jesus said, if a rotten judge like that will grant justice, how much more? You see, these parables, unlike the ones in Luke 15, which are comparing parables, like God is like the, the shepherd who goes to find the one lost sheep. You know, God is like the woman who sweeps to find the one lost These are contrasting. It, it's like if... if God is not like this judge, but if that judge will do that, how much more will your heavenly Father who loves you pay attention to your persistence in praying? Sometimes I think we don't get a breakthrough in praying because we just give up. We give up too soon. It takes a long time sometimes. Daniel in the Old Testament prayed for 70 years, y'all. 70 years that the the people of Israel would get to come home from Babylonian exile. But they did. They finally did. Okay, so let's move from the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector to learn the second thing about breakthrough praying from uh, another two characters in the um, verses 9 through 14. The Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee was part of a super religious sect of of Judaism the most religious people of the day is in fact they kind of separated themselves off from everybody else and and committed their whole life to keeping every little small detail of the law and to keep themselves pure from all of the people who didn't keep every little rule and uh, they basically went above and beyond and this Pharisee was um, his prayer was actually kind of saying, hey, God, I just want to remind you what a swell guy I am. And uh, I, I, you know, I fast twice a week. They didn't have to fast but once a week. But I fast twice a week. I tithe a tenth of all my income. They, they even, um, the, the Pharisees even tied a tenth of their herbs and spices it's because, you know, you got ten leaves of basil. One of those leaves of basil will go. They didn't have to do that, but they were just above and beyond. But here's the, here's the other thing about his prayer. First, he was just bragging on himself before God. And then the second thing, he was saying, I'm not like all those other people. Thieves and rogues and Methodists. Just seeing if y'all are awake out there. I'm not like all those other people. I'm sure not like that tax collector over there. Lord have mercy. Don't get me started on tax collectors. I'm not like him. You know what puts God off more than anything? Pride. And don't just take my word for it. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, it lists seven things that God hates. 
Number one on the list is pride, a proud look. Haughty eyes, as one version says. Pride is a surefire way to hinder our prayers. And as a matter of fact, Jesus says in verse 14 that we just read a few minutes ago, all who exalt themselves, like that Pharisee did, will be humbled. Humbled. And then we have the tax collector. So the tax collector could not have been more different from the Pharisee. The Pharisee was greatly respected in the community, considered to be the, the most looked up to religious kind of person. The tax collector was the most looked down on person in the community. Everybody hated the tax collector. And I mean everybody because, well, the tax collectors would have would have been Jews who contracted themselves out to the Roman government to collect taxes for Rome from their own people. And, and here's how it went. The, uh, the tax collectors weren't paid a salary from Rome. How they got their money, and they got rich by doing it, was they could collect however much they want. They would pay what was due to Rome, and they would put the extra in their pockets. And they had the power of the Roman government behind them to, to make you pay whatever they told you you had to pay. And the people knew it. And every time the average person was walking up the dusty street in their old broken down sandals, and a new shiny chariot goes by with a tax collector, um, they think, that's my money. So in this story, the tax collector, though, the one that's looked down on by everybody, is the one who had a breakthrough in his prayer. Did you see that? Did you catch that? The reason that he had a breakthrough... And his prayer was, he did not exalt himself like the Pharisee. He does not brag and tell God how good he's been. He beats his chest, which was a sign of, of contrition and a sign of grief in that day. Tearing your clothes or, or beating your breast like this was a sign of humility and, and it, to me, it's, it's like um, he's saying, God, I know where the problem is. It's right here. <laughs> it's not out there. It's right here. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Humble before God is the posture that gets results. It really is. Remember I said in verse 14, Jesus said, All who exalt themselves will be humbled. The second part of that is all who humble themselves will be exalted and lifted up. And that's what a breakthrough is. It's when you're down on the bottom and you need God to lift you up. Praying for a breakthrough. And then the third part of this, I, this is two parables and then just a happening in the scripture today. The third part, verses 15 through 17, is just something that took place where Jesus had the little children that were coming to him, parents bringing the little children to him. Um, breakthrough 
praying takes the humility like the tax collector, but it takes the trust of a child. The trust of a child. People were bringing their children to Jesus, even their babies, so that Jesus would bless them. And can I just stop here on a side note and say, parents, bring your children to God. Bring them. Bring your children to Jesus to be blessed. Lift them up. Speak blessing into their lives. So that's what these parents were doing. They're bringing their children to Jesus. Now, the disciples, they saw this as an interruption. They had business to do. And they didn't want people bringing their... Where are all these children? How are we going to get anything done with all these children around here? Well, Mark, in Mark's telling of this story, he says that Jesus took the children in his arms and blessed him. Jesus took the children, scooped them in his arms, and blessed them.